Praise the Lord, everybody. We welcome you to our 10-minute table talk. I am Pastor Holman, and today I want to talk to you from one word, trust. Uh, trust is an elusive word, one that is used uh, very sparingly in our days today. Um, especially in the context of our culture, uh, trust seems to be on the back burner of life. Uh, what once used to be could be trusted can now no longer be trusted. Uh, the Bible speaks to this in the book of Proverbs, chapter number three, verse number five. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. We often end at verse number six, but I would ask you to go to verse number seven as well when it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. So the writer of Proverbs chapter number three gives us three things that we ought to do and learn in order to learn how to trust. One, we have to have our trust directed at a trustworthy source. He says, trust in the Lord. And a lot of times what people will experience is disappointment because you put your trust in wrong people and in wrong things. The writer says that we should place our trust in the Lord. This is also described from the uh, words in which we get um, biblical worldview. Your biblical worldview must shape your social worldview. Your biblical worldview has to dominate your worldview. And in order to have a proper biblical worldview, you must study the biblical scriptures. And so the writer says that we should trust in the Lord. He didn't say trust about the Lord, but we have to actively trust in the Lord. Well, it's very difficult to trust somebody that you don't know. It's very difficult to trust something that, have, that you yourself have not tested. But the writer says that we should place our trust in the Lord. And then he says, how should we place our trust in the Lord? He says, with all of your heart. And the reason why most people experience is experience what they experience with God is because if you're honest, you're not really going all the way with God. You believe him, but you don't really believe him. Uh, the Bible says in the gospels that Lord, we believe, but help us with our unbelief. And it's amazing in life, the things that we trust and don't even question. When you sit down in whatever particular chair that you may sit down in, whether that's on your job or even at your house, you don't check the stability of the legs to make sure that it's sturdy enough to hold you. You make a decision in the moment based on past experiences. And so you say that because this chair held me yesterday, I am assured that it will hold me today. You place trust in that chair with all of your heart. You don't doubt it. And because you don't doubt it, you don't even think about it. And so there are so many things in life that we apply this to, to our jobs, to our cars, to our money. We trust stuff without even thinking about how much we trust in it. Well, in that same vein, the writer of the book of Proverbs says that's how we should trust God. We should trust God and not even think about it because he has proven himself to us time and time and time again. And because God was good to me yesterday, I can trust in the fact that he'll be good to me today. Because he brought me through last week, I can trust in the fact that he'll bring me through this week. Trust is often validated by the experience. But if you have a bad experience with something that you should have never placed trust in, then that's going to gauge how you trust from there on. And so he says that we should trust in the Lord. Here's how with all of our heart. And then he gives us an admonition of what not to do. 
He says, and in addition to trusting in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Now, you know, just as well as I know that our understanding is typically the gauge by which we pattern our lives. We make decisions based on stuff that we understand. We make alternate decisions based on stuff that we do not understand. And so many people in life go through life trying to understand life and then making decisions based on that understanding. But here's what the writer says. You shouldn't do that. The Bible is clear that you don't have to understand in order to obey. Oftentimes, let me give you a little secret here. What God does is bring you through and you don't get to see the benefits of the storm until after the storm. It's not oftentimes until you come out of whatever that you're in that you're able to look back and see what God was bringing you through. So understanding is not required for obedience. But as a people, it's very easy to say, and it's another thing to do. He says to tell us not to lean to my own understanding. Just because you understand it does not mean it's right. And oftentimes, because the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, God will often call us to do things that don't make any sense. That's why a lot of people struggle with forgiveness because it doesn't make sense for me to forgive someone who has wronged me. It doesn't make sense for me to extend an invitation of forgiveness to someone who actively tried to do me wrong. It doesn't make sense to us. And because it doesn't make sense to us, many of us do not operate in the sphere of faith. But God is all knowing. Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says that the secret things belong to God. I want you to hear this about God. There is nothing that God does not know. There is nothing that can be known that God does not know about. Even the unknown things to man are known to God. And so he understands everything. He is an infinite being. Our problem is, is that we're finite. We have limited capacities of understanding. No matter how smart you get, no matter what degrees that you attain, there are still some things in your life that you will not be able to understand. And so you can't base your life on your physical understanding. If you have placed your heart, your mind, and your soul into the hands of Jesus Christ, and you believed on him for the forgiveness of your sins, he has promised to bring you through whatever storm that you may find yourself in. And so the writer says, trust in the Lord. Here's how you do it with all of your heart. Here's the admonition. Lean not on your own understanding. And then he says this in all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. And so the writer seems to say here that there are segments of our lives that we keep off limits to God. Um, there is our Christian life and then there is our personal life. And there's a lot of times that those two lives do not merge. But the writer says here that in all of my ways, I have to acknowledge him. And if I acknowledge him in all of my ways, God will direct my path. What are you keeping from God? What's off limits to God? Have you given everything to God? I didn't ask if you go to church. I didn't ask if you sing in the choir. I did not ask if you ushered or if you are a deacon or even if you are a pastor. I ask, what are you holding from God? Are you acknowledging him in all of your ways? It's not as hard to acknowledge God when you're in a godless society. When God is not welcome into certain arenas and in certain circumstances, it's hard to acknowledge him for the fear of uh, ridicule. But here's what the writer says. In all of our ways, we have to acknowledge him. And then here's the promise of God. If I acknowledge him in all of my ways, 
he's going to direct my path. I am absolutely 110% unapologetically a Christian. Uh, I will never make any apologies for my strong and, and fervent belief that Jesus Christ is who he said that he is that he is the son of God, that he is God in the flesh, and that he came down to die on behalf of sinners. He came to give me eternal life through his shed blood. I will proclaim that into my last dying breath. I am unapologetically Christian. No matter what circles, no matter what environments, no matter what atmosphere I find myself in, I will never deny the Lordship of Jesus Christ as it relates to my life. And this seems to suggest that if I take that mentality in every facet of my life, that God will lead me into all truth. He will direct my path. And so where I am right now is not a, it's not a matter of my own decisions. It's not a matter of what I've done good and what I've done bad. It is a matter of God being a sovereign God and directing me in the places that he would have me to go. Because the Bible says that a man's gift will make room for him and set him before great kings. So when you acknowledge God with all of your heart, God will direct your path. And then verse number seven, he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Uh, understand something that the degrees on our walls are just that, a degree. We have a degree of knowledge. We do not have full knowledge. There's only one person that has full knowledge, and that's God. It's easy to be uh, wise in your own eyes, but he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your heart. Here's what you don't do. Lean to your own understanding. What am I supposed to do? Acknowledge him in all of my ways. And what will God do for me? Direct me in the path in which he wants me to go. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Trust God. Believe God. He hadn't brought you this far to leave you now. He is a faithful God, a trustworthy God, and he loves you beyond belief. God bless you. Trust in the Lord.